So, hey, quick introduction. My name is Chase, and I'm here with Center for Jesus, and just super excited to be here to teach from the Word of God to you all this morning. And uh, so today I'll be speaking from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. And uh, let me pray for us real quick, and we'll get right into it. So, Father God, we love you, and we just thank you so much for the day that you've given us to be here. And to raise dirt bikes and have fun with friends and family, I pray that you keep everyone safe today. And thank you for allowing me to be here to teach from your word. I pray that your spirit would speak through me and to speak to everyone here. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 6, the Bible says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So the book of Romans is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Church of Rome. And the book of Romans is such a beautiful and powerful book because it teaches us who we are without Jesus and who we become with Jesus. So this morning we are going to learn who we are without Christ and who we become after Him. So verse 6, it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. So this verse states that we are powerless. And this is not a derogatory statement from Paul. Rather, he is just simply stating that without Jesus, we are powerless. And then the Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. It says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So the Bible teaches us that we are powerless. But through Jesus, we are strengthened. Our strength comes from God. Our strength is not from our own. Our strength comes from God. If we wait on the Lord, the verse says that our strength shall be renewed. So this brings the question, though, why are we powerless? Then the end of verse 6, it says that Christ died for the ungodly. So to answer that question, we are powerless because we are ungodly. Well, why are we ungodly? It's a question that we must answer. So why are we ungodly? We are ungodly because of our sin. We are sinful human beings with intentions to rebel against God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 5, it says, They have corrupted themselves, they are not his children, because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. This verse, these verses tell us who we are, that we are sinners, that we rebel against God, that our actions are corrupt, that our thoughts, that our intentions are evil that we are not children of God. And I had this talk over Thanksgiving with my dad. We were talking about how God was sorry that he had made human beings on earth. So God Almighty, the righteous one, the everlasting God, he was sorry 
that he had made human beings on earth. Just think about that. That tells us that humans have no desire for God. That humans just want to do whatever they want to do despite the consequences. But God, he made man to glorify him, to walk with him, to reflect who he is. But man is sinful, man is wicked. And the Bible teaches that God cannot dwell with sin. And why is that? Why can't God dwell with sin? Because the Bible teaches that God is a holy God and he is righteous. And sin is the opposite of that. If God was to be with sinners, then not only would he contradict himself, but he would jeopardize his character. God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. And sin is the opposite of that. And that is why God cannot dwell with sin. And people today are living a distant life from God. People are living a sinful, wicked lifestyle that does not honor him. Verse 7, it says, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. So what does it mean to be righteous? So righteous means to be in a right relationship with God and to not be guilty before Him. So if a person is righteous, meaning that they are right with God, then why would anyone need to die for them? No one would have to, because they would already be right with God. That is not the case, because the Bible teaches that we are all unrighteous people because of our sin. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So this teaches us that we are ungodly and that we are unrighteous and that God's wrath will come upon the earth one day because of all the ungodliness and unrighteousness. It wouldn't make any sense if a person lived their life in sin and that person be righteous. It wouldn't make any sense. That would be making the claim that a person can continue to live their life in sin and rebellion towards God and not be guilty before Him. But rather, we are guilty before God because we break His law. Now, verse 8 is so beautiful because it says this, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So this teaches us the character of God, that God is love. In verses 6 and 7, the Bible has taught us that we are powerless, that we are ungodly, and we have learned why that is. But even though we are these things, even though that we sin against God, even though that we have intentions to rebel against Him, God showed, God showed His love for us by sending His Son Christ to die for us. In 1 John 4, 16, it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, abides in God, and God in him. The Bible teaches that one of the character, characteristics of God is that he is love. And he proved that when he sent Jesus in our place to die for us. But why did God send Jesus to die for us? That's important to, to know. So to understand this question, we need to understand why God created man to begin with. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7, it says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him. So God created us to glorify him, to do good works, to reflect who he is. He created us with the intent of abundant living, fruitfulness, growth, expansion, structure, and organization. But sin got in the way of that, causing separation from God. 
we have learned that we are powerless. And with that, we can't get to God by our own strength. We have also learned that God showed His love for us by sending Jesus to die for us because that was the only way that God could get to us. Jesus came to save sinners, to redeem us, and to reconcile us back to God. But why was that? It's because God deserves to be glorified. And because God created all things for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. Because God is love that He desires to be with His creation. So jump down to verse 9. It says, Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? So justified, that means to, that means to erase the sins of man and to declare righteous. So this verse says that we have now been justified by His blood. Well, whose blood? It's the blood of Jesus. So this verse is saying that through the blood of Jesus, our sins are forgiven, our sins are erased. And more than that, we are righteous before God. And remember, being righteous means to be in a right relationship with God and to not be guilty before Him. But how is this possible? And to answer this question, we need to look at the life of Jesus. How is Jesus able to save us from our sin? How is He able to forgive us? Well, the Bible teaches that Jesus is the Son of God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. In 1 John 3, 5, it says, We know that He appeared so that He might take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. So what does this tell us? This tells us that Jesus never sinned, that there was no sin within Him, and that He appeared for one reason, and that was to take away the sins of humanity. And the Bible also teaches that Jesus is God in human flesh. Verse 73, 16, it says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. So this clears up any doubt as to how Jesus was able to take away our sins and save us. Jesus is God in human flesh, meaning that Jesus is pure and he is righteous and that he is holy and so much more. But Jesus being these things, they enabled him to take upon the sins of this world and through His pure blood, we can be justified. Corrupt, blemished blood cannot forgive the sin of man, but pure, clean blood indeed can. In order for God to be with His creation, someone had to pay the price for sin. It should be us, because we have learned that we are sinful human beings in rebellion towards God. But God is so rich in grace, so rich in mercy, and so rich in love, He sent His Son Jesus to take our place. Christ paid the price for our sin because it was the only way that God could get to us. And God's wrath and God's justice have been satisfied through Jesus and we are made right with God based on the pureness and righteousness of Christ. And in verse 10 it says, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? So this verse tells us that before Christ, that before we repent of our sin and, put, and place our faith and belief in Christ, we are enemies of God. But once we repent, once we place our faith and belief in Christ, we become children of God and we are saved through the life of Christ. We are forgiven because of Jesus. We are justified because of Jesus. We are reconciled because of Jesus. And we are saved because of Jesus. Through His life, through His death, 
through his resurrection, we are saved. And God sees us not as former enemies, but rather as dearly beloved and adopted children. And then lastly, in verse 11, it says, Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We boast not in ourselves, because who are we to be proud of? We are sinful human beings in rebellion towards God. We don't boast in ourselves. We boast in Christ. We boast in God through Christ because of who He is and what He did for us. We boast in God through Christ because through Him we are reconciled back to God. And we boast in God through Jesus because through Him we are saved and no longer God's enemy. This scripture teaches reality. It teaches us who we are without Christ and who we become with Christ. This morning we have learned that we are powerless, that we are ungodly, and that we are unrighteous. We've learned that God sent His Son Jesus to take our place. And that through His blood, through His death, through His resurrection, we are forgiven, justified, and saved. And if you're here today, and you have never placed your faith in Christ, you've never repented of your sin, you've never been born again, but you want to, you've, you've, you've listened to this message this morning, and you have realized that you are a sinner, that you do rebel against God, and that you do need Him. And if you're here today and you want to be saved, you want to be forgiven, and the Bible teaches us how one can be saved. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Acts 3, 19 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So that right there is how you can be saved. You have to confess that you have sinned against God, that you have broken his law. You must confess that you need him. And then ask God for forgiveness. The Bible says that if you do, God will forgive you, and that he will purify you from all unrighteousness. Then we must repent. Now, we're repent is important because that reward that word repent, it means to turn away from your sin and to turn to God. It's saying, I'm done with the world, I'm done living my own way, I'm done living in sin, and I'm turning my life around to God, and I'm committing my life to Him. Then we must declare that Jesus is Lord. We must believe in our heart by faith that Jesus died on the cross for us and that God raised him from the dead. So that's you this morning, if you want that. You want that for your life because at the, end, at the end of the day, you must choose. God's not going to force you. You have to choose them if you want to receive salvation or not. So if you're here this morning and you want to receive that, then in this moment, pray to God and confess to Him that you have sinned against Him. Confess to God that you have one your own way and confess to Him that you need Him. And ask God for forgiveness. And in this moment, confess to God that you repent of your sin that you are done living your own way, that you are done living in this world, and that you are committing your life to Him. And in this moment, confess to God that you believe that Jesus is Lord, and that you believe by faith that Christ died on the cross, and that God raised Him from the dead. Hey, this is Chase with Sitting for Jesus. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. And if you made the decision to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, I just want to simply say that I'm proud of you, and that I would love to stay connected with you. 
So in the description, there's a link that will take you to a digital form where you can fill out your information. So please click that link, fill out your information, because I would love to stay connected with you so I can help you in your walk with Christ. Again, thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you here soon.